And good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. These are somebody else's headphones. Where are my headphones? They ended up over here. That's what happened. I see. We had a bit of a bit of a an adventure last time we were all in here together last Thursday. You didn't take any of the Bean Boozled home to play with your family? Um, no, I didn't. I no. decided. I decided I didn't have That's to. Weird. It was, it's weird. It was I don't weird. You wouldn't do that. It's a nice family activity. Just, just for the try, holidays. Just, just just eat some habanero jelly beans yeah, just for right. fun. Uh, hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend. Obviously, it ended on a high note. Ravens. Not surprising that they were competitive. Not you know, Mike Florio was the only person that thought they were going to go get their ass beat. I guess some people thought that because the line was much bigger than I expected it to be, but. Just the way that it all unfolded, obviously, not not what even those of us that didn't think they were going to get their ass beat necessarily expected is they go to Santa Clara and beat the 49ers 33-19. to Much to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Just a few minutes, Dan Wilcox will join us. We'll get the thoughts of the former Ravens tight end about what this says now about the Ravens. This is the, this is the weird part about all of it. And I said this last night during Project Game Day. If you missed Project Game Day later today, go uh, take a view, take a listen. We had a, a full house last night. Myself, Femi, Rita, KZ, Stetka, Josh Charles, Stan the Fan Charles. Wow. There's a lot going on last night for Project Game Day. We do it every game day this season. It's brought to you by AJ Michael, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will be back. Early evening, late afternoon, following Ravens-Dolphins this Sunday. Come hang out with us. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline for Project Game Day. But at 5-0 last night, I was prepared to send out the tweet that said, hey, whatever happens the rest of the way, remember this one doesn't really matter all that much. And that was in part reflective of how uneasy we were all feeling at 5-0. And we were. We were all feeling quite uneasy at 5-0. And it was part reflective of the truth, which is the thing that we talked about all last week, which is that this was like a titanic exhibition. It was, it was weird. It meant a lot and meant nothing at all. And so it... If, if, for whatever reason, everything had snowballed from that point, from 5-0 and had just gotten away from the Ravens and they didn't recover and they ended up losing, even if they had lost by a couple of scores, my reaction today would have been, hey, that's a bummer, but it matters exactly as much as what happens this Sunday. It's, it's kind of irrelevant. And I only say that not... Not because I want to be dismissive of what happened last night. I think last night was fun as hell. And in many ways helps to define what the 2023 Baltimore Ravens are. But we do have to be careful and we have to be pragmatic and we have to be realistic about the fact that legitimately it still means about as much as what happens next week. And that's the tough part to talk about because it feels like the Ravens just went out and won a conference championship, but they didn't. This week is the big game. 
and they didn't get back from San Francisco until this morning. And they're a little behind in their preparations for what's actually the biggest game of the year coming up this Sunday. We have to be realistic about that. We have to talk about it. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about how much fun it was. And the biggest takeaways for me, I, I'm not writing a column today, although maybe I'll write one tomorrow if I have time. I We're working this week, but it's one of those like working things where I legitimately have stuff to do every night of the week. Tonight is my family's big uh, annual holiday get-together. We don't do it on uh, the holidays. We do it the day afterwards. It works out better that way. Everybody can go see whoever they need to see on the holiday, and then we all get the, the next day to our, you know, to us. So um, I got to race out of here. I think I'm going to try to make some uh, bacon-wrapped jalapenos today. Oh, man. I, I, Investment. I'm, I'm responsible for dessert, but apparently I got so much dessert for Thanksgiving. That, I have some like, extra Malort cookies. <laughs> You know, I might, I might, I might take you up on them. I actually think I'm going to grab that bottle of uh, Irish uh, eggnog that we never mm-hmm. opened and throw it in as a white elephant gift for the evening. Brilliant. I stopped and got a few uh, scratch-off tickets. I think I'm going to make it uh, uh, that, and uh, yeah, I think that's going to be my uh, white elephant gift. So I got that, and then tomorrow, uh, we go, oh, it's the radio show. I got to do the radio show. I kept thinking, oh, Wednesday. I swear to God, my, like, my wife and my mother-in-law were like, we can take the kids to Great Wolf Lodge. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Totally forgot that I had to do the radio show. Utterly, completely forgot. Then um, I'm taking the kids to the uh, my father's birthday present this year. Is we're going to the Maryland game on Thursday night. And then on Friday, we have my friend's annual holiday gathering. We go to uh, Chipperelli's for dinner. It's, you know, it's a, it's a jam-packed week. So I'm working, but I'm, I'm, I'm working, right? Like I'm coming in here, and then I'm going about, you know, hot, this is the way it goes, man. <laughs> like a lot of people take this week off, so you're welcome, okay? You're welcome. We're here. And we're not taking off an extra day. We'll be off next Monday. That's it for the holiday. And I'll be on 105.7 next Monday. So I don't even get that nice. day off. All right? It's not nice. Oh, okay. Although I don't have well. to work the morning shift, which is weird because I don't go out for New Year's anymore. So I'm like, I can work the morning shift. And for whatever reason, I'm working the midday shift. It makes, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Moral of the story being, if I was writing a column today, I would be writing about how this team doesn't, wither how this team doesn't crack now you could the argument you would make is the second half of the browns game and that notwithstanding at 5-0 i had the feeling of oh boy this one might get away from them this might end up going the wrong way this just might not be their night maybe everybody going out to California early and everybody getting together with their families because it was the holidays and maybe they just weren't as sharply focused and the 49ers are a machine and this just might not go their way. And obviously that wasn't the case. And there's a few things worth pointing out, right? Like we'll get the pats on the ass later. I think Kyle Hamilton's going to show up very high and hopefully the news continues to be good with Kyle Hamilton. It starts with an opportunistic defense. It's funny the way we're talking about the defense because the truth is they were getting gashed by George Kittle. Like they were leaving massive swaths of real estate. 
So we're going to use the word dominant, but I don't know that dominant is actually the word. The word is opportunistic. When they had the chance to make the plays, they made them. And as we've talked about a lot in recent years, playmaking defenses, to me, are the new high-level defenses because the rules don't allow you to be the dominant you know, bully of Baltimore defense any longer. You have to make plays. And obviously, it goes without saying that last night, the Ravens made a boatload of plays. And it allowed that little bit of time that was necessary for the offense to get into gear. And the offense, for the most part, took advantage of the opportunities. Like, it was a shame that on the one short field they got after the Hamilton interception, they weren't able to, you know, cash in for a touchdown. I think they just went three and out, right? And that, and, and well, they got a field goal, so yeah. three and out, but they were in field goal range when they got the ball. Um, but for the most part, they took advantage of it. They didn't screw anything up. They didn't make the big mistakes. Rashad Bateman had the one drop when – you know, he started the turn upfield, and he was going to have a big play, but you got to make sure you hold on to the football. But they didn't make mistakes. They made some really significant plays. Everybody's talking about Lamar running to his left and then throwing back across his body to Isaiah Likely after the uh, John Simpson penalty, and it was an amazing play. I don't know why we're not talking more about the other side of that play. What Isaiah the Likely did yeah. – I to me, is even more remarkable than, like, and part of this might be that, like, we're just used to it with Lamar and, like, we kind of expect it. But what Isaiah likely did is so next level for him to have known that if that ball gets anywhere near the ground, you're running the risk of now what is the opinion of an official? Is the opinion of an official that, the, the ground was involved in the process of the catch, for him to have swung that ball in before he's caught it, before he has control of it, for the first thought to be, whatever you do, don't let this get anywhere near the ground. In that motion, as he's going down, to swing the ball in, pin it against his leg, and allow his leg to stabilize the football to make sure it gets nowhere near the ground so it can complete the process of the catch and there's no way to even go to review is next-level stuff. And I get it. Isaiah Likely has played a high level of football for some time, including college, but not with consistent playing time in the NFL. What Isaiah Likely is doing... And remember, this is why we were having this debate about Would You Rather Wednesday last week and Mark Andrews. Some of us were like, hey, you know, like, it's kind of working right now. <laughs> like, I, we love Mark. Um, that's next level, man. Like, that is high, high IQ football in that moment. And I, it's, it's driving me nuts that it's going missed in that play, that all we're talking about is Lamar's throw, which, again, I get it. It was it's remarkable, but that's sort of what he does. Isaiah likely for us to see this level of IQ from him in that moment is crazy. The biggest story of the night to me is 5-0, and this team doesn't wither. This team stands up. There's no, eh, 
All right, not the end of the world. We'll go get him in Miami next week. There's none of that. And it can't be measured. It can't be quantified with a statistic. You can bring up the fact that... I saw one that was floating around last night. Have the Ravens led at the two-minute warning in every game this season? Like, there's ways to attempt to quantify how competitive they've been. Like, they've never trailed by X number of... Like, there's, there's things that you can attempt to do to try to quantify it, but none of the statistics are fully quantifiable. Because... So many... Did they lead at the two-minute warning against the Rams? I saw that statistic. Maybe it's they had a lead at the two-minute warning or later in every game. Maybe that's the way it was defined. They have either led at the two-minute warning or later in every game that they've played this season, I believe was the t- statistic that I saw floating around last night. But the point being, that it, that is a statement about their competitiveness. To me, it's a greater statement about their heart, their leadership, these things that you just can't define analytically. And it's a credit to John Harbaugh and this coaching staff. And they deserve that praise in the same way that they deserve to be beat up when they make dumb decisions, right? Like when they wildly throw a challenge flag that has no opportunity or fail to challenge the many plays that would have definitely been overturned in the Chargers game. They deserve criticism in those moments, but they similarly deserve praise. They deserve praise for how it is this team rallies around them. If you don't understand it, you're not going to understand it, or you're going to choose not to understand it or to pretend like it's not a thing or any old coach could do it. And it's fine. And I don't want it to detract from what the players themselves did on the field last night because the players typically win the football games or lose the football games almost always. We love beating up the coaches. We love to do it. We don't own their jerseys. It's much easier. They're largely just guys. But we don't like to praise them. And to me, last night... Clearly, you can say, hey, it was clinical from Mike McDonald. Or you could say, well, how about that play design uh, by Todd Munkin after the turnover in the second half to, to get Zay Flowers wide open in the end zone? Like You can say all of those things. But to me, it's bigger than that. It's this more, whatever you want to call it, collegiate thing, spiritual connection, this vibe, the thing that can't be defined the thing that sometimes you roll your eyes at. When this John Harbaugh gets described as a leader of men, some of you that don't like John Harbaugh kind of roll your eyes at it. Like, okay, fine, whatever. That matters, and it mattered last night. It mattered in a moment where so many teams allow things to get away from them, and they didn't. That's the measure and the quality of, of leadership, and they deserve to be praised for it. They deserve for us to say, good on you, you got the job done last night. And obviously the Ravens, on the whole, most certainly got the job done last night. All right, today's show is brought to you by Superbook. Superbook.com, download the Superbook app. When you sign up, use the code GlennClark23, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose. Ravens still just the second Super Bowl favorite, despite 
pounding the 49ers last night. The 49ers are still the two to one favorite. Not sorry, not two to one. One to two. My fault. Nah. Flip it, reverse it, Missy Elliott. One to two. Where the Ravens are just plus four hundred to win the Super Bowl. So after you saw what you saw last night, if you are feeling away, get to Superbook.com, download that Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23. Ravens also three-point favorites on the first line for next Sunday against the Dolphins. So take advantage of that offer, up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. Let's talk more about the Ravens' performance last night. Joining us now, former Ravens tight end, of course, the host of the Believe in Ravens podcast. He is our friend, Mr. Dan Wilcox, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Dan, good morning. Hope you, your family, had an incredible holiday. Always appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks, Glenn, man. Merry Christmas to you and the family as well, man, and the whole radio station. You guys are phenomenal. Can continue to do great things this year, man. 2023. Man. 2024. Let's go. Appreciate you, bro. Um, what else could we pot? How could you have had a merrier Christmas, right? <laughs> like, my nope. gosh, man. I, I, I need. To- I, I don't know how we define this because the truth is, Dan. Like this, this win will prove to be probably about as good as whatever the Ravens follow it up with next week. But this, to me, was a declaration of who the 2023 Ravens are, which is a team that doesn't wilt, that doesn't wither, that stands up in the critical moments, and that has proven time and time again, yes, they've had sort of bizarre flaws because nobody's perfect, but has proven time and time again what their character is as a football team, and boy, was that on display to me last night. Man, it was a wonderful game. I I enjoyed the entire game, stayed up, watched the entire thing from the beginning to the end, primetime television, Monday night football, and the Ravens showed up and showed out. You know, they did exactly what I thought they would do. I, I knew it was going into this game. I, I knew it was going to be a tough game. And I've been telling people for weeks this this this, this next stretch is probably the hardest stretch of their um of their schedule. And they could lose any of these games, you know. But they, at the same time, they can win them all as well because they're super talented themselves. And I mean, they showed up and played a, a great game offensively, defensively, and special teams wise. I felt like all three phases they dominated. And um, the, the team that everybody said was the best team in the entire league just got beat by the team that nobody's giving credit to. Did uh, To you, did Lamar Jackson win NFL MVP last night? Absolutely. I mean, he, he was already NFL MVP to me going into that game, you know, no matter what nobody else said or whatever. But the Ravens showed Brock Purdy, you know, showed the world who Brock Purdy was. Everybody saying he's the MVP over Lamar Jackson. Well, five interceptions later, four interceptions by Purdy and one by the um, the quarterback that came in behind him, um, yeah, Sam Darnold, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just—I mean, I love it, man. I, I think I, I think that's how you step up and you back up your QB as a defense, man. That just shows you how much respect the team has for Lamar Jackson as a whole. The defense plays great, and they take on the challenges of the offense when the offense is dominant as well. So I guarantee you, those defensive players, man, we're not gonna let we're not gonna show we're not gonna let nobody think that Brock Purdy is MVP after this game. We're going at his throat, and they went at him, man. They went at him hard, and, and he faltered, he folded. And he went out the game with an injury as well. So, I mean, to me, that's Ravens football all day long. That's how defense plays when you when you play for the Ravens. Dan, you know, I'm a I'm a noted dumb guy, right? Like I've made a I've made a life out of sort of being that guy here. I, I know that what Mike McDonald is doing is remarkable, but I also know that like you don't want to take any credit away from the players that are on the field. So I right. I, I wonder for you, like, how do you define if somebody said, Hey, hey Dan, how do what what is Mike McDonald doing that's different? Like why is this defense better or 
more opportunistic or whatever word you want to use to describe it. What have you seen over these two years? And, and really, I, I know a lot of it changed the moment the Roquan showed up. And maybe that's the bigger story and we talk about what this defense is doing. But how have we gotten to this point where this group is playing like, you know, a vintage Baltimore Ravens defense? I think what I like most about Mike is that he's young. You know, he's not an older guy. He's almost the age of some of the players that's playing on the actual team right now. Probably the same age as some of them, actually. And um, I, I like that. I think that energy, that young energy, I think helps out. I think the guys respect him in a different light. You know, you don't feel like he's an authority figure. You feel like he's one of you, you know, sending you up to be in great situations. And he's probably communicating with the players and trying to figure out what they like as well. And I think that's what young coaches do. You know, they can relate more to those guys and they understand that these guys trying to feed their family and they're trying to eat. And I think he's setting these guys up, you know, to put them in great situations and they believe in him. They believe in what he's doing. They believe in, and they bought into his system and his system is, is the, you know, pretty much the Ravens way already. He'd been there. He was the linebacker coach for a while, you know, in the week Martindale and those guys. So, I mean, he, he's been around long enough to, to earn these guys respect. When, when they hired him back, the, I saw, all I saw was happiness and smiles on those guys faces when they when they hired Mike back and um and even when he was leaving I remember them not being very happy that he was leaving as well the players were like man we're gonna miss Mike you know he was one of the guys that they really liked and when I was up there interning with the Ravens Glenn you know he had a really 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 good rapport among the guys hmm. you know so I think that his energy his youthfulness his the excitement that he brings the relatability that he had, he has to the age of the players and, and the players who, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens defense I think he's earned their respect, and, 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 and that alone, Glenn, allows them to want to go out and run through a brick wall for him. Dan Wilcox is with us here on GCR after a massive win for the Ravens last night. Dan, that in mind, I asked this question of a couple folks. We were just having fun with it last week. Lamar Jackson is going to be the team's MVP, and that's an easy call. He's, you know, as to your point, he's the league MVP, right? Like, he's going to be Ravens' MVP. But if there was a world in which we said, hey, you got to vote for an MVP of this team and it's not allowed to be Lamar Jackson, and you got to name one guy, you can't just name all the good football players because there's a bunch of them, who do you has been the next like most valuable player on this roster besides Lamar? Um, I think I will have to go to the defensive side of the ball. If it's not Lamar, uh, I, of course, I would, if it was offense, I would want to say maybe OBJ. You know, because what he brings to the locker room is tremendous. What he brings for the attitude of the offense is tremendous. His unselfishness as far as, you know, how many balls he won't throw in his way and and allowing them to develop and the offense to develop the way that it has has been superb, you know, even coming off all the injuries. And if I was to go to the defensive side of the ball, it would be one or two guys. It would honestly it would be um, zero Roquan Smith, you know, the way the leadership role that he's taken on with the defense and how he's made everybody around him better. Or it would be the Jadavian um, Clowney. Hmm. You know, he's came in. Hmm. I feel like he's done some phenomenal things for us. He's he's given up. He's given us so much pressure on the, on the opposite opposing team QBs that he's allowed other guys to flourish. Like other guys have gotten sacks off his pressures, and the fact that he's always in the QB's face and he's disrupting timing on the other side of the ball so much throughout the season. I mean, I think he still leads the league in, in, in pressures. You know, he's missed a lot of sacks as well as gained a lot. I think he has 11 sacks on a year already or something like that, something close to that. You know, but um, he's, he's, he's just been a, a, a unweathering um, force on the defensive side of the ball where he's just been relentless, 
over and over again, week in and week out, and that's what Raven football is all about. And he's he's given us that added that added um, speed, or added that added mistake, you know, flaw clause that the Ravens defense have always caused everybody else to have. You know, make make opposing offenses make mistakes. Do you at all, Dan, do you concern yourself at all with this team, again, as emotional as this win was and as clearly personal as it was, do you mm-hmm. concern yourself at all with their ability to turn around short week, they didn't get back till this morning, and right. and be emotionally in the place where they need to be again this coming Sunday for what is actually the most important game of the year they're going to play with the number one seed at stake against the Dolphins? It's... I think this game is set up for the Dolphins to win to win with a short week. You know, unfortunately, it's hard, man. It's hard when you play Monday night and then you have to come back around and play right away real fast against another team. But, you you know, you adjust your schedule. You know, you get rid of the – you know, and they went to a West Coast team. They flew all the way to San Fran. They had to fly all the way back here. And that takes its toll on you as well, you know, being on that plane, that, you know, those five hours. And, um, you know, but I, I really do think that the Ravens is built for it. You know, Eric DaCosta and company has done a phenomenal job with depth of this team and just having this team prepared the way that it needs to prepare. Um, I think that three years ago when we had all those injuries and, you know, everybody was hurt, including Lamar and everybody, I think that season made us realize, like, we was not – we didn't have enough depth. And I think what he's done is he's went and he's built this team on depth and consistency and stability. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens are built to play – whatever the schedule throws at them. It's set up for the Dolphins to win, but for some reason I got a feeling that we're going to find a way to to, to take it at them. It's extremely hard. I think the Dolphins' offense is phenomenal, what they're doing, all the moving, no the motion, and and, 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 and and creating mismatches with Tyreek Hill and company. Go looks, ahead, man. It looks like Jalen Waddle is going to be out, though. That could be the maybe a good news thing for the Ravens, as much as you don't want to see anybody get hurt um, dealing with a high ankle right. sprain. And that uh, – you know, they, they still, to your point, have Tyreek Hill. They still have, you know, like they're still pretty good, um, even without Jalen Waddle on the field. Dan, if I, I could, yeah. because I mentioned it was emotional, and we saw a lot of that last night. Like, you know, Lamar Jackson was talking about Mike Florio's prediction after the game, and you could sense the Ravens during the week talked about the fact that they were bothered by the fact that they were five-and-a-half-point underdogs going into the game. I, I've always been the type that, like, I don't care about that stuff. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I just – none of it bothers me, right? Like, just go play football. But the the right. way that it can be used as po- as a positive or as a way to fuel you, can you, as an athlete, describe what that's like? Because I feel like it's got to be a fine line between obsessing over this type of stuff that simply doesn't matter, like all that matters is what happens between the lines when you play a football game, versus the way that you can use it to get an emotional edge. And it looked like that was part of the story for the Ravens last night. I think the emotional edge part of it is, is the key. You know, like, it's players that think the same way you think, Glenn. Like, man, I'm, I'm not paying attention to that stuff. I don't yeah. care about it. I'm not even reading. I, 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 if you don't tell me, I don't even know what's happening. You know, so it's a lot of us that think the same exact way as you. But, you know, then but then on the other spectrum of it, you have coaches. And the coaches are reading the stuff all day long, every day. And if they're pissed off, you kind of take on the attitude of your coach. You know, if your coach is pissed off about something, he's going he to present it in a team meeting. This is what they're saying about you. And he's going to give you everything he possibly can to fuel you to work harder, to practice harder. And if he doesn't, he's not a good coach. You know, like good coaches are there supposed, supposed to motivate you. And when you. Once you get to the NFL, your guys are already talented. They're already phenomenal athletes. They're already the best of the best of the best of the best. You know, so you already got 
great guys. You're looking for your guys to have that silly-eyed focus that Michael Jordan used to have when he was ready to put 60 on somebody. You know, so you want to get that out of your players. And Michael Zach, I mean, Michael Jordan used to use these type of locker room antics to be able to fuel himself to go out and drop 60 on you. No doubt. He wanted to be to a game, and, and we that's how we play in Baltimore. We play pissed off. You know, we always play pissed off, um, Glenn. And, and and to be honest with you, man, when, you, when people are saying things and you're watching all these critics and, and uh, the analysts and everybody that, that are talking about you, you know, and saying things about you like you're not as good as the other team is, you know, that does make you feel a certain kind of way. I don't care who you are. You know, I don't care if you're a female and somebody telling you that another female is better than you. You're trying to figure out why is she better than me? How, what does she do that I don't do? And that's the same thing with, with football. You're trying to, how are they better than us? What are they doing that we're not doing? Why are they quarterback better than us? Better than our quarterback? Why are they running back better than our running back? Why are they receivers better than our receivers? You know, why are they defense better than our defense? We're the one that's leading the whole league and, and number one all across the board on defense. So, you know, how are they better than us? You know, and I think it gets frustrating. You get tired of hearing it. You get tired of seeing it after a while. And then you want to do something about it. So this was their opportunity to show the world. And I think that's exactly what they did. You know, it, it's funny you bring that up. I was talking to our friend uh, Femi Ayambadejo last night. And he, like, literally, he's like, dude, I'd rather be underdogs in every game. Like, I I wish we could Absolutely. be disrespected every game. It's just something about the Ravens, something about that, you know, chip-on-your-shoulder mentality that's always worked for this franchise. I 100% agree. That's who we are. I always felt like we was the black sheep of the league. It don't matter how good we were or who we had on our squad, people was going to say Pittsburgh was better. People was going to say the next team is better. And we went into every single game feeling like, you know, we were the underdog. We was the guys that nobody liked. Even the game that we got all the penalties and broke, like, the league record and penalties that game, we looked at it like, why not us? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, of course we're going to break the record and penalties. Like, it's the Ravens, you know? So it was like <laughs> – it could have been something that could have been frowned upon so so badly, but we was laughing about it like, bro, like, of course we're going to be the team to get the most penalties ever in the history of the NFL. Like, they hate us. Like, nobody – the referees don't like us. The teams don't like us. The fans don't like us. Nobody likes us. It's just us against the world, you know. And that's the be more mentality, man. You know, we're, we're you know, we're charm city for a reason. We're charming as heck in person, you know, but once we get on that field, man, we, we're ready to be the baddest ones out there. Week in and week out. What did it, that wasn't uh, that was the Lions game I remember. It didn't Suggs say something really funny after that game. I, God, I wish I could remember what it was. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to drag it down, but um, I remember it quite well. Uh, and it, it's it's funny. That's a great point, Dan. Uh, what's uh? Yeah, go ahead. Um, earned the name Mad Backer. He picked up the flag and threw that's, it in the stands because it was right. so many penalties. That's that game. right. <laughs> it just had enough of it. <laughs> Um, uh, what is, what is your favorite, uh, holiday tradition, Dan? What, what, what was the thing for you and your family that, that means the most every year? I, I honestly, I think it's just sitting around a Christmas tree and, and opening presents, man. Um, one of those I, on Facebook, I had one of those videos that I filmed back in the day of my youngest son opening up gifts on, on Christmas day. And, you know, kids, when they're young, you, they, they really do believe in Santa Claus and as parents, we, we really push hard to, you know, to get our kids to have that imagination that there is a Santa Claus. And we had a bag, like a crocus bag that we had. And we, um, it said, it said 100 reindeer lane on it. And my son went into the bag and he opened up the bag, starting to read the letter from Santa, you know, Santa was telling him that he's been a good boy this year and all that stuff. And it's just all to me, all those memories, you can't replace those memories Man. for nothing in the world. Just sitting around the tree, opening up gifts, passing them out. 
and just being thankful, man, for, you know, God's blessings and the fruits of our labor and, and just being with family, man, just being around family, just having that, that energy is so it's such a blessing. Man, with the, I got the, uh, the six-year-old and the eight-year-old right now, and it's, uh, they're still in that time, and boy, it is, it is special, brother. It is nothing, I can't, I can't even describe it. It is just something special about uh, what, uh, what these moments mean, man. Uh, Dan, you want to remind everybody about Believe in Raven? Absolutely, Glenn. Um, you know, Believe in the Ravens pod- podcast is Daniel Wilcox and Kyrie Thompson. Man, we're doing it once a week, twice a week, three times a week sometimes. Um, it's on the Believe Network. It's on any plat- podcast platform that you can go to to find any podcast. We're on it. Believe me, we're on there. And um, it's, it's an awesome podcast, man. We're just talking about the Ravens football. You know, I think the Ravens is the baddest team in the NFL right now. I don't care what nobody says. And I think we're headed to the Super Bowl this year. And I, I would love with every ounce of me to see Lamar get a chance to host that trophy up. I think he deserves it more than anybody. And um, the Ravens have took out a huge, huge, huge loan to be able to pay Lamar. And I think <laughs> Lamar is going to get yeah, he wants to he wants to make every penny worth and you know how much it's driving him. He talks about it constantly. He's not worried about MVP, that's what he's worried about, and that's one of the things I love most about that guy. Uh Dan, one of the things I love about you is, you know, everything. Always appreciate you, brother. Thank you for doing this as always. We will talk again very soon. Uh enjoy the new year with your family. All right, man. You too, Glenn. Prayers up. Appreciate you, bro. Dan Wilcox with us here on G C R. Yeah, I you guys know, if you know me, you know. I don't care about what anybody on any of these shows said. I don't care. It does it means nothing to me. Zero. I don't watch them. I don't it's just there's something better to do with your time. You also know that I've been friends with Florio for a very long time. As a person, I like Mike. I do. On a personal level. Whatever you feel about his personality, I can tell you that my relationship with Mike, I like Mike as a human. We've known each other for 17 years. He came on with me with the first radio show I ever had on ESPN Radio 1300. I, I'm, this, this is not my thing. The way that you guys, last night everybody was doing the EAD thing on, uh, on game day. Everybody was all, I don't care and I never will. This isn't, I, I don't care what Mike Florio, I don't care what anybody says. Was it, was his, were his comments way over the top? Yeah, they were way over the top and came off, frankly, performative. But I don't care. And my inclination, I'm like, um, you know, the, the coach in Friday Night Lights, like, just shut all that stuff out. Just shut off all the noise. Turn off the... Like, stop. I'm that guy, right? Like, don't even think about it. But to Dan Wilcox's point, it has it has seemed to work in Ravens history. Because this isn't a major media market, the national shows don't gear their coverage towards the Ravens. To me, that's why you don't need to watch the national shows. You can join me. But it's easy. You can play the everybody hates us or we're the underdog or whatever card because you're not going to get that level of attention. Just It's just the natural way that it goes. They're, they're not concerned about the small market team. 
you're the flyover market. So it's okay. If you want to be pissed off, if you're looking for that, now as a fan, I, again, I don't know why you as a fan choose that. As a fan, I would just, again, watch watch something better. Listen to something better. There's a lot of content. Find it. There's a lot of content that isn't performative, that isn't geared towards specifically the larger markets or just saying anything for the sake of saying it. I would find that better... You know, X's and O's, the matchup show is pretty good on a, on a high level, on the ESPN level. There are other shows locally, nationally, that I think do a much better job of tapping into, you know, something genuine. But for the team, if it works for them, it works for them. Me personally, I, I don't care. I don't care what you say. But if it works for them and if it gives them that emotional edge, God bless Tap into it. Dan Wilcox brings up Michael Jordan, right? Like you, you could walk to Michael Jordan and say, "Huh? Did you just wake up?" He said, "What? You think I just woke up? You think I just woke up? Money literally just woke up. Is that what you think of me? You think I sleep in all the time? Is that what you think?" And he would use it that way. Steve Smith was that way, and it was exhausting for me. Like it was just exhausting. Dealing with Steve Smith was always a bit much. Like, dude, not everything. I think I've told the story famously that uh, one day somebody asked me what I thought after the Ravens acquired Steve Smith. I said, exactly what do you think his role is going to be? And what I said was, oh, I haven't been out to practice. I haven't seen how they've lined him up. I don't know what his role is going to be. And I don't know what his role is going to be. He, like, lost it. He said, you don't think I belong in this offense? Bro, what the <laughs> F? Did, what? Am I losing my mind? Did, listen to what I said. I said I haven't been out there. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I don't know what Steve's... I don't, I don't know. Oh? Oh, you don't You don't know what my role is going to be? This is... You don't know. You don't play foot, Mike. What the... But if it works to get an emotional edge... And I even said this about Steve Smith. I'm like, I hope that Steve Smith takes this non-nothing burger and uses it to go have the you know the best season of his life. If it works to get an emotional edge, then God bless. I always think that's dangerous. I always think there's a line in which it goes from emotional edge to kind of losing focus, but this team doesn't seem to have that issue. They seem to channel it all channel it all in a pretty positive way. And maybe they want to hear to this point, maybe they want to hear more people disrespecting them going into the Dolphins game. Yeah, you know, that was good, but that doesn't really matter. Maybe that's what they need. Not again, I don't care. Not my thing. Just not is not my concern what Mike Florio or anyone else says about the Ravens. The games. I, I, I know how good the Ravens are. I've watched the games. Other people haven't. That's cool. I had no problem with the fact that Brock Purdy was high in the MVP conversation because the MVP isn't really the story of who's the best football player. I think a lot of people took that and said, are you saying that Brock Purdy's a better football player than Lamar Jackson? Which, again, would be patently absurd. But it's not. It's who's having the best season. And you could say Brock Purdy, they were winning a lot of games. He was doing a lot of good things. No problem. But if that pissed people off, and if that 
led to some of the, then God bless. Whatever it takes to get that emotional edge. No stay in the fan show this week. Uh, he's taking the week off. See, I told you, we're we're working. Even if I'm just working, we're working. Uh, don't Stan might take this. Uh, yeah, right? You know. Maybe he'll get the emotional edge <laughs> yeah. he needs to go have the best year of shows this uh, coming year. Every single day. Yeah, yeah. Stan's taking that well-deserved uh, week off. He's actually going to be filling in uh, a little bit for me here in a couple weeks when my family is taking uh, a trip. Scheduled it for, could really use the Ravens clinching that number one seed, so it doesn't look silly that I'm taking a week off in the playoffs. It'd really be appreciated. Would feel really nice if I happened to plan it out perfectly for a bye week. Leg- legacy game for me coming up on Sunday. But Stan will be back with you in uh, 2024, and we're continuing to do two shows every week. Just no shows this week uh, because of the holidays. We come back in. We're going to recap picks. And I hear maybe a guest is going to join us to help us recap picks for the week. I think so, yeah. Wow. It's gonna be a, we don't normally have yeah. a guest for our picks a recap guest recapper, segment. Yeah. That's, this is very, normally we, sometimes we have guest pickers, but we don't normally have guest recappers. So this should be fun. I look forward to this. We'll recap picks next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here. Here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. If you have not picked up the print issue of Press Box yet, it is our very special best of 2023 edition. And it is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, we celebrate the 2023 Baltimore Orioles as the team of the year with Brandon Hyde, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. Go pick that up again for free right now. Unfortunately, as we recognize inside the edition, the top performances, people, and moments of the year, um, it was a little bit a little bit uh, too late for us to squeeze in last night. I feel like maybe we have to go add an addendum because it was a hell of a performance last night. But uh, go pick up that best of issue of Press Box today. All right, so Griffin, we normally, again, we don't normally have, when we do picks recap on Mondays, and we're doing a Monday show on a Tuesday because the Ravens played last night in the holiday, we don't normally have like a guest involved with the picks recap segment. What's What's this? Why would you... Well, so uh, I guess on the holiday show, I mean, you may not remember because you were. <laughs> I was a little bit toasty. <laughs> I was not. It was not so, the performance that I've had some years on the holiday drinking show where. But I was still, and I clearly I was a little bit beyond everybody else, mostly because I don't drink anymore. So like alcohol just affects me in different ways these days. I, I know we had the pick segment. I couldn't remember who I picked. Good news. I, I couldn't believe when I found out that I picked the uh, the Chiefs. I'm like, the Chiefs never cover big numbers. Why? I didn't expect them to lose, but why did yeah. I pick them? Um, so we, you're telling me that we allowed other people in this week. That is correct. Yeah, we had a couple uh, couple extra guest pickers actually. Okay, Dennis Shockett. Dennis Shockett was here picks. singing along, and and, and Tim Barbalace, and who Tim was Barbalace. here in the studio yeah, with yeah, us. He yeah. also got in on uh, picks for the week. That's correct. Yeah. Well, and now Tim's joining us to recap picks. That is correct, yeah, because Tim, I, I don't think it was because he had a, like a really good week. No, no, he didn't win the week. No, he did not. He did not win the week. Well, let's find out what happened. Good morning, Tim Barbalace. How are you, pal? Do we have to do this? Oh, I, I don't know. This is Griffin's idea. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens when we go over this. First of all, thank you for coming and joining us last week. That was, as I remember, a great of deal of fun. 
It was. It was. No, I'm, I'm down to run it back every year for the I, holiday I, drinking party. I would encourage before next year that you've listened to more of the Tenacious D discography. Um, <laughs> I would encourage. I didn't. I didn't know that's where the morning was going to take us, but I'm really glad it did. I thought it really just <laughs> just tied everything together in kind of a beautiful way, particularly after the uh, abomination that was my attempt at rewriting Fairy Tale of New York for a bunch of people that had never heard the no song idea. before. What was it? You did a good <laughs> Read job. Read a book. Did a good job rewriting. I'm it. sorry. Anyway, so I I appreciated you coming in. That was a lot, an awful lot of fun. Um, so, this, yeah, so thank for you, sure. thank you for doing that. And in the future, hopefully, uh, Chuck will let you get drunk. All right, now we you got in for picks this week. We roped you in, and you understood that there was a side bet for the week. Correct? Like there was no ambiguity about what was going on. Well, let's just no, no, let's just no. kind of go over it quickly, right? I got everything in front of me. The first game we picked was Saints Rams, and um, Tim, you got that one. You got that one right, right? Like everybody else, you know, it, downhill from there. You you took the Rams, and the Rams, of course, they they did they cruised on Thursday night, and uh, only Jeremy Kahn and Dennis Shockett, because he basically just took all of Jeremy's picks. Only Jeremy Kahn was on the Saints, so you know, all good there, right? Bengal Steelers. Ooh, we uh, this was a big miss for a lot of us. Not only did the Steelers cover, they won outright. In fact, they won going away. We were out on a Saturday night, took the kids to see the lights, and we were watching the game at the the establishment. We were at Mount Washington Tavern beforehand. And my oh, son man. just kept looking up like, Dad, they just scored again. I'm like, oh, God, rough, brutal. <laughs> um, so it wasn't just you that was on the Bengals. A lot of us were. Griffin was. Paul was. Myself. It was a lot of Bengals. John Proctor, KZ. I mean, almost everybody except for Andrew Stecka, Jeremy Kahn, and Dennis Shockett. So no big deal. No big deal. All good, right? We're all good. Colts, Falcons. Yeesh. 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 I, I don't – how did you – how did you do so badly this week? How is that possible? Because I'm looking, and you were on the Falcons. You you called this. What? Okay. So you're two and one through three games. I uh, this is where it goes bad. <laughs> I, that's a stunning. I'm pick. assuming. I couldn't believe what happened in that game. The Falcons obviously throttled the Colts uh, in that one. Then yeah, the um, Falcons stink, but like at home, they're at least. Not as terrible. They remember was, they have football players, life. and they decide to give the ball to those <laughs> yes. football. It's just a hell of an idea. Maybe they should do it on the road. <laughs> yeah, sometime. it is. <laughs> uh, Lions Vikings. Um, you you were uh, you were riding the the Nick Mullins train in that one. Um, that that didn't that didn't go quite as well for you. So what you're down yeah. to, you're down to two and two. And then, mm-hmm. then Browns Texans. Did did you like think that C J Stroud was miraculously going to come back and play? <laughs> what what was going on there? Uh, look, I, I think Joe struggled in games in Houston, so I was thinking, you know what, maybe they'll keep it close. Mm. I, I don't know. Joe and Flacco. then, of course, he just threw for a billion yards. Joe in Flacco like looked like the seconds. league MVP. On <laughs> yes, he did. All right, no big yes, deal. It's, it's two and three. You can still you can still get it back. Still a lot, no. lot, 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 of, lot of time to go. Uh, Jaguars, Bucks. You know, I got this one wrong too. For what it's worth, it's you. You, we weren't alone. Um, I think a lot of us still thought there was an outside chance that Trevor Lawrence was going to play in the game, and didn't yeah. want to, didn't want to believe in the Bucks. And uh, yeah, it goes. So you're two and four. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. It happens. Ooh, Dolphins, Cowboys. Th- this one, this one, this one. You got right. You got right. Oh, yeah. You got it back. Yeah. You got it back. I did. You were right. It's three and four. Okay. All's good. All's good here. Yeah. 
except uh, Chiefs Raiders, which, by the way, most everybody also got wrong. I got talked into. I, I do remember this moment. I was explaining why the Chiefs never cover a big number, and then Jeremy said something like, so what, you going to pick the Raiders? And then I was like, oh, well, if Jeremy says I shouldn't, then I probably shouldn't. <laughs> so I kind of feel stupid for that one, so I also picked the Chiefs. But, hey, right, three and five, you could still get back to four yeah, and five. Sure. All's, all's good. All you have to do. Yeah, pick the Niners. I, I, I don't know if you had heard because nobody was really talking about it. Lamar Jackson, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, going into last night, 19-1 against the NFC. 19-1 against the NFC. And was uh, yeah. was getting five and a half points. So obviously yeah. all you had to do was just file away a pick for the Baltimore Ravens and and everything would be would be just fine. Not to be. Did not happen. I did say it would be a one-score game. But right. you, were, you were wrong about that. It was not a one-score yeah. game. So if you're looking for a bonus point here, you wouldn't get it. It was not yeah. a one-score game, Tim. I, well, I don't know well, if you I'm saw the saying, final I score. I, well, I, I didn't pull Mike Florio and, well, and right. say yeah, that that's true. they would get their belief kicked. Yeah, I Mike, mean, I, Mike Floors. I thought it was going to be a good game. Yeah. Well, it was a good game for one of the teams. <laughs> yes. Tim went with the uh, 49ers. So yeah. when I woke up this morning and when John Proctor went to bed last night, because we didn't put Tim, we have an internal tracking sheet for everybody in our league, Tim. And so when we looked yeah. at the tracking sheet last night, we saw that uh, Paul Valley, Griffin, and John Proctor were all tied for the low man on the totem pole. And we were like, ah, mm-hmm. that's that'll be great for us. All these guys during the week will have to eat some spaghetti with ranch. And then Griffin, wise man, because he already owes us another bet that he hasn't paid off yet. Griffin came in today and said, wait, not, he did the Lee Corso. He's like, not so fast, my friend. Went back, did the math. And uh, at three and six, the low man yeah, on the totem pole this week was indeed Tim Barbales. What, what do you have to say for yourself, pal? Oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I'm so disappointed. And look, I, I deserve it. You know, losing this week because... I won against Lamar Jackson, 19, who was 19, 19 and, and 1. 1. Against the <laughs> NFC. 19 and 1. Against the NFC. Not team. like there was any yeah. sort of track record there. Like that, you know, really yeah. just an anomaly at that yeah. point, 19 and 1. Well, yeah. Well, if, if, if he would have been 20 and 1 at oh, that then, point, then I would've, probably would have went for him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the, the 19, well, I wanted a round obviously, number. They, I mean, they had to win by so many points that, the, oh, yeah. oh, no, they were five and a half point dogs. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah. so here's the so deal. What, what, I, yeah, I mean, ranch on top of pasta. Yeah, this what, is what? the this is the way it's gonna go. Uh, I I know you're uh, you're living like the swinging bachelor life. I oh, I, yeah, I assume that you're like you're capable of making yourself some spaghetti, right? Like you can do that. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. So the yeah. question is when, where, you know, those types of things. Because obviously, we'd love to yeah. have you come by and do it here. But if you wanted to do it, say, you know, on your own show or, you know, whatever, I, I, I'd, I'd let you get away with that. So we got to come in. Okay. I'll let you and Griffin work out the details. There, This is, for those that don't remember, last week on the Tyus Bowser show, we learned a disturbing detail. You guys know how much I love Tyus, one of my favorite human beings. He sent me an incredibly nice note yesterday. Uh, uh, really, really sweet of him. Um, I love Tyus. But disturbingly, we learned 
when Tyus said, I put ranch on everything, I said, what do you mean everything? And he said, you know, like normal stuff, like spaghetti, to which I said, what? <laughs> and as I am to understand, it is very simple. The noodles down on the plate, meat sauce on top of the noodles, and then you squeeze a bunch of ranch on top of the meat sauce. So, Tim Barbales, that is what you are charged with, my friend. You will need to make some spaghetti and just squeeze a bunch of ranch, and then you got to eat the whole plate. That's the deal. All right? The whole plate? Yes. Uh, you don't just get a bite. Uh, Anybody could do that. <laughs> Rita was going to do that just for funsies. You got to eat the whole plate in order to pay off the penalty. Also, since you lost in your first weekend, you want to join our Picks League next year? <laughs> sure. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful yeah. news. I'm wonderful. in there. <laughs> wonderful. We might be allowing Andrew Stecker to retire from our picks league after this year, so that'll be perfect. All right, so I'll let you and uh, and Griffin work out the details of when you're going to do this. Okay. We look forward to it a great deal. And, again, any week that you want to hop in, until your fortunes change, any week you want to hop in, pal, we'd love to deal you in that we've got the side okay. bets going on. Uh, what's uh, What's okay. coming up on uh, Inside Access this week? Well, you know, I guess we're going to be breaking down just a minor victory for the Ravens over the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, we got Mark well, Slayer who could have, Who could have possibly seen that coming? Yeah, oh, my gosh. Especially in that fashion, five interceptions. I mean, yeah. just Mike McDonald is, yeah, the the second the Ravens are done this year, he's yeah. he's going to get multiple interviews. Um, but, yeah, we got Mark Schlereth on the show today, Jonah Schaefer, Cordell Woodland, we're going to be breaking down the game every which way you can. We've got Baltimore football daily immediately following inside access. Continue to talk about this big Ravens win. And, yeah, come by. Look forward Listen. to it. That's 105.7 The Fan. I look forward to seeing you in here and uh, smelling the delicious culinary concoction that is uh, some Tyus Bowser spaghetti uh, whenever we can make that happen. Tim Barbalice, love you, buddy. That was fun. I uh, love we'll you, talk too. Soon, right? <laughs> Obviously. Tim Barbalis, 105.7 The Fan. Yeah, Tim was our loser this week. Didn't go so great for Tim. Did not go so great as... Uh... Picks recap, by the way, brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, the real problem, as I said, we might have to allow Andrew Stecker to retire. For the most part, everybody went four and five or five and four. Tim was the you know the the low water mark at three and six. Thank goodness. But at six and three, Ken Zalas had a nice week. At seven and two, Andrew Stecker is now creating separation at the top of the table. Andrew Stecker is now three games clear of myself, John and Little Rock, and KZ. And we told Andrew Stecka that if he won the league, he was allowed to quit. So I'm a little bit nervous with just two weeks left in the regular season. I'm a bit, a bit apprehensive about what this looks like moving forward. So we'll see. Also, keep in mind, what, what, day, what night is the championship game this year? The uh oh the uh the, the college football yeah uh, so it's Monday so you know we don't we, yeah because we're uh, not gonna have a six game or a seven game playoff week because the championship is next Monday yeah. no, no no not is the following it's, it's like Monday week, week eighteen but it's the it's yes it's yeah. during an NFL regular mm-hmm. season week 
So the following week, we're just into six games for the playoffs, and then four. Th- you know, we don't get the bo- benefit of also having a championship game that week, which we used to get when there was a right, seventeen yeah. game regular season. You could steal an extra. Not the case any longer. So just keep that in mind. Just keep it in mind. Andrew Stecker with a little separation. Uh, Jeremy's no closer to Griffin. Jeremy went four and five. So did Griffin. Four and five. Um, Paul Valley, no no further away from Griffin. Uh, Kyle Ottenheimer actually made up a game on Griffin, so now Paul and Kyle are both seven games clear of Griffin for Scott Stat position. Griffin dramatically running out of time to avoid having to be the one to go to the Creed show, but Jeremy's still. there's no. It is pure hopeless. Hopeless. 18 games off the pace for uh, having to do the uh, the Irish dance and eat the haggis, the tripe, and the blood sausage, and consume a Will Levis Irish coffee, perform nothing compares to you and zombie. Jeremy will be doing that. That is our picks recap for the week. Now, you want to go ahead and do pats on the ass since yeah. we're uh, since we're here? Yeah, I right? guess so. Do you want to take a break and then we do pats on the ass? I guess we, yeah, I guess we'll break. And then yeah. Yeah. We, could, we're, yeah. we could work this out. We could be out of here at about noon today. I don't want to ruin anything. <laughs> this is when you get a text that says, like, oh, this person has to come on today. And, we could get out of here, and I could start getting my uh, getting my way to making those uh, the jo- bacon wrapped jalapenos. Yeah. That's the most important part of my day. All right, so when we come back in, we will indeed uh, dive into pats on the ass. A lot of you have been cheating today, and in fairness, kind of yeah. Forrester actually was funny when he cheated today. <laughs> most everybody else is just cheating for cheating's sake. There's been a lot of cheating. I understand. There's a lot of people we want to praise. Tayshawn Gibson, that one drive, a hundred percent worth worthy of praise. <laughs> Uh, uh, Forrester said Mike Florio number one, which was not, not you know what? His shtick typically way worse. Way worse. I got to give him that. Um, So you know the rules. Five Ravens. Two have to be offensive players. Two have to be defensive players. One wild card, either another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. The coach was very popular this week. Rank them five to one with the one being your man of the match. Hit me up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter with who you got. We'll go over ours next. It is a Tuesday edition of GCR. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, the Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. 
Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. And Joe Serpico will join us later on this hour to get you ready for championship week, which I'll be participating in, and Joe Serpico won't in the press box league. So have to deal with that as well. we got to clean up that. Lucky you didn't play me this week. Oh yeah, were you? Uh, and Mari Cooper, of course. So. Ah, well, so you weren't didn't. in the playoffs, Griffin. So. No, I was. Well, I was in the playoffs, but yes, I lost last yeah, week because you weren't didn't in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you weren't in the Final Four. Olave sorry. was sorry. Would have had a big week this it's, week. It's uh, uh, it's me and KZ. Jeez, yeah, that's a tight heavyweight Titanic <laughs> showdown. Yeah, right. Kind of like Ravens 49ers in the uh, championship of the it, press yeah. box league. <laughs> And then um, I did make the finals in the other league, so I'm in two finals in Ooh, the other league. Stressful. In the Ryan Ripkins league, I didn't make the playoffs at all. Missed by 10 points. And then my team, of course, came to life immediately after. <laughs> Just the way it goes. 
But yeah, I, I nearly had a disaster on my hands yesterday because I was busy doing Christmas things in the morning and did not get the alert that Josh Jacobs was out mm. until one o two. Yeah, I was texting KZ. I was like, I don't know. I was yeah, like, do I, I start Justice Hill? Yeah. Do I start Samir White? And I did. You start out. White? I did. Yeah, it smart. worked out. Worked smart. Out. Worked I out. made peace with the fact that I was going to lose because of the Josh Jacobs thing because he still had Brock Purdy to go last night. And? Well, as it turns out. That guy didn't do. Uh, no. I thought he was an MVP. Brock Purdy at, uh, late, like d- into the second half had negative points. Deep into the second half. I think he ended up finishing with like four. But um, deep into the second half, it was better that I took a zero from Josh Jacobs than if I had played Brock Purdy. Wild. Uh, but, yeah, so I advanced in that one as well. Good day. We'll talk more about it, the, about the waiver wire Wednesday anyway, with our buddy Joe Serpico in just a few minutes. Right now, let's dish out some pats on the ass. Pats on the ass are brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. Final Tyus Bowser Show of the regular season, one week from tonight, we return to Mother's North Grill in Timonium, where we'll be joined by Tyus and a special guest. Find out more, PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. You know the deal. We talked about it in the last segment. Five Ravens. I begin number five for me. I know it was very difficult for me between Isaiah Likely and Zay Flowers. Like, as far as the second offensive player was concerned, it was hard to choose. And I get it. Zay Flowers is probably going to be most people's choice. And I'm not going to be mad about that at all. I'm not going to be mad about much of anything. The Ravens went to San Francisco and beat the 49ers soundly. What the hell am I going to be mad about today? But I just can't get over the quality of the play that Isaiah Likely made. Pinning the ball against his leg. I can't. It's insane how good that play was, and what he has proven to be in the absence of Mark Andrews. It's just, it's truly to me spectacular. So I understand everybody else is going to go Zay, but I'm going my number five is Isaiah Likely. Uh, With my number five, um, again, it was like, because I wanted to put like the entire defensive line. Um, So I, you know, I'll go with a guy that we don't typically put on these lists, and he had the best statistical night, I think, of anyone. Brent Urban. Yeah. Is my number five. I'm fine. He had a fantastic night. It it means you left somebody else off your list that I'm not going to be okay with. Yeah, I know. But, but, like, it was was one of those nights, I think. And, you know, a night, you mean that there were a lot of people that deserve some good. Yes. I just think that. When I figure out which of these two guys you left off your list and which guy I'm going to blow a gasket about, there's just no way that I can compare Brent Urban's night to <laughs> two of these other people's night. But okay. we'll get we'll, we'll get to well, it. Well, you're not you're, you're like my list tonight. Um, <laughs> why do we have to? <laughs> I just said I'm not I was, trying to like piss you off, but like this is I mean this is this is Brent Urban. I think deserves to be on some no, lists. No, but yes, I, he does. He doesn't. If he we does. did a list of like ten guys, he would deserve to be on the list. Brent Urban had a nice night. But we can't pretend like Brent Urban was a dominant force in the football game. I love Brent. I love Brent Urban. I love him. My number four is where I put Mike McDonald. I get it. If you put him higher, all good. I put him at number four because I just think the players matter significantly. But what a night it was for Mike McDonald. He's my number four. Uh, my number four was Isaiah Likely. For so it, again, I felt it felt it was very tough to leave Isaiah Flowers off, but for the same reason. I mean, he had the two probably the two biggest catch that. The knee catch and then the stiff arm, stiff arming that guy directly into the ground, just kind of you know setting the tone for what this Ravens team is. Uh, despite you know 
no Mark Andrews, uh, the, the the ever the consensus best pass catcher on the yep. team, and Isaiah likely stepping right in, even though he only had what three catches, but two of them felt like two of them felt like they were worth five catches. Uh, my number three. I I feel so strongly about what this guy did last night that to me there's an argument for him to be number one. He only had one of the interceptions, but he was so active and so involved. And other than when he put that hit on Debo Samuel on the backfield and, and couldn't bring him down, Marlon Humphrey was brilliant last night. Marlon Humphrey was dominant. You talk about setting a tone. Marlon Humphrey came out flying around the field like, he was trying to make up for everything that occurred earlier on in the season in one night. Marlon Humphrey was a boss last night. It was bonkers how sharp that dude was. And, again, statistically, it only bore out the one interception, although, again, also bore out the deflection that yeah, turned that, into another yes. interception. Um, my God, Marlon Humphrey was a was a man possessed last night. Was... Like, it was like he took it all personally this season. Like, he was just all waiting to come out. May this be the Marlon Humphrey that we see for the remainder of the year because that was special last night. Marlon Humphrey is my number three. Um, So he would not yeah, make it, my list. I mean, all, I mean, because it, it was a great – I mean, sliding over to slot and just – it was it was a really great game for Marlon Humphrey. It was a great. I wanted I had game I feel like I had Marlon to include Humphrey. you know someone from the defensive Jesus. line. Right, and let's just move on. We're not, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Uh, it's the holidays. My number three. I put John Harbaugh here because I wanted to put the entire coaching staff and you know I, and you know they, this has been an incredible stretch that they put together on in all facets and uh, uh, so I mean you know he's the he's the guy you know coordinating and leading everything. He's he's the leader of of this team. So John Harbaugh. I mean he's doing. How did KZ try to fire him last night? I was, oh, I did not. Was, I, I, <laughs> I I just wanted to give him credit. I said I said Ken, could you? I, I Ken, we got very defensive last night. Like, you know, I I've never said he wasn't a leader. I'm like, right, but you're not giving him credit. Like, you're deflecting. You're there's a lot of subterfuge happening. What you're not doing is saying he deserves credit. And I talked about this at the beginning of the show. Like to me. For whatever time you want to beat John Harbaugh about something, he deserves credit. Like, last night is a John Harbaugh masterclass. Now, I get it. He's going to screw things up, and he did ultimately, you yeah. know, get a get – a, a, but I, the, the challenge he got wrong last night, you knew what was happening there. The 49ers have built up momentum on that drive. Defense is wearing – not wearing down, but, you know. It's late in the game, yeah. right? Like, the, there's, a, there's a one in ten chance – that you get another angle that you haven't seen yet, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, he really didn't get that. Although I do think I think they got the call right from the get. There's a 1 in 10 chance of something like that happening, and there's a 10 in 10 chance that you could kind of use the timeout anyway. And I know this is going to sound strange, but I think it's a, a coaching thing where your players react differently to you throwing a challenge flag. You throw... You call a timeout there, it's almost like you're telling them, hey, you're gassed. Mm -hmm. This allows you to both accomplish it without saying openly to your players, you're getting your ass kicked right now. I'm not trying to say that John Harbaugh was playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. I will reserve that for my six-year-old, who, if you missed it, I took him to the movies on Friday night, and we stopped at Chick-fil-A on the way, and he asked me to order him a chocolate milk, and then he requested a second chocolate milk, and I turned to him and said, what? And he said, I'm going to sneak it into the movie theater. It's my backup plan. And I said, you son of a... 
Maybe you're, we were like, actually, we should get three you're chocolate. Genius. <laughs> oh my god! And then all night, as we were walking to the movie theater, Dad, do you have my backup plan? I got you, bro. Then we get in. He's like, I got to pull out my backup plan. Like he kept referring to it as a backup plan. I'm like, God, I love you. Like, I I just I love you so much. So that was you're the solution awesome. to uh, the Friday. The Friday uh, conundrum, the Friday conundrum yeah. was we went to the Towson game. Oh, we got a lot of our uh, five cent popcorn. Couldn't got couldn't have gotten more five cent popcorn. Towson had a much less difficult time with yes. Nichols than Maryland did. Although it's not like Towson played all that well. <laughs> like there was, my father and I pulled up the uh, three point stats at one point during the game, and the teams were combining to shoot about eighteen percent from three. It was yeah. a it was a rough rough. Somebody else who was in attendance at the game sent me a message and said, "This is." This is one of the most lethargic basketball games I've ever seen. And they were right. But Towson was always in control. It was fun. Had a great time. And went over and, like, ballers ordered, like, 10 five-cent popcorns. They're, like, carrying them all back. And because we got there early, we got them in commemorative Towson mm. University color-changing bowls. Really? Five Dang. cents. They, and we got a color-changing bowl. And we walked outside. Why are we not? And into the cold. The kids had a that's watched the bowl change colors and were losing their minds about why, it. Why are we not marketing this better? I this swear, like, this to me, this saves a huge, huge. I, look, man, I, I love ta- everybody knows I love Towson. They're not spending any money with us. We would have happily been oh, talking yeah. about it. I mean, I talked about it anyway. <laughs> everybody over there knows I'm a, I, I love them. Can only talk about it so much because you're not you gotta you gotta buy some advertising in order to get that. That's the way that it goes. Although I don't know, maybe they bought advertising with press box and then I'll feel like a jerk. But <laughs> had a great time, and then my uh, my older son went to his birthday party. My younger son and I went and saw Migration. Ah, yeah. I wanted to, I, hey. he wanted to go to Dave and Buster's. I hmm. didn't. When we go to Dave and Buster's, all of a sudden that tab gets up to about a hundred dollars real quick, and that's without food. I was like, maybe we go to the movies instead. What do you think about the movies tonight, boy? And he was like, yeah. And he wanted to see Migration. I gave him the choice between Migration and Wonka. I said, we can go to either one. Kind of hoping he chose Wonka, just because I wanted to see it. Right? Yeah. I didn't really care about Migration. They've been pushing Migration hard, though. Was migration it- is adorable. It's <laughs> adorable. I, I, It's no Puss in Boots. It's n- I don't actually love Puss in Boots. Well, yeah, was, I really, yeah. I really oh, you did. Wait, you did? I really didn't. Oh. I really didn't like Puss. I know the kids love it. Like, I, it to me, it was fine. Maybe if I'd seen it in the movie theater, I'd feel differently about it. But like, this was very sweet. And then being that, like, if you kind of understand the concept of the film, being there with my son watching mm. it, like, you know, adds another layer gotcha. to it. It was, and the whole backup plan thing. Just, just, <laughs> I was so effing proud of that kid, man. Dude, He's gonna be number one on the list, isn't he? Yeah, right. <laughs> God, God, he he is a genius. Genius. All right. Um. Who was your number three? Uh, Harbaugh was my number three. Yeah, number three. three. Yes. Yeah, number three. I, wanted, I wanted a little praise for John Harbaugh last night. Couldn't get it out of Casey. Couldn't, he just wanted to deflect and to be defensive. Uh, number two is where I put Lamar. Lamar to me, number two last night. Uh, if you flip-flop these two guys, I completely understand it, but to me the tone was set by the defense, and so the other guy to me is number one. Lamar was great, though. Obviously, he was yeah. phenomenal. And Lamar um, was number two. Yeah, I went the other way. I had uh, I had Hot Hamilton as my number two. I, again, I kept flip flopping it too, but I felt like you know Lamar, you know, kind of. I mean, he closed. You know, he closed the case on this on this MVP this MVP race. Uh, yeah, we I mean, it. let's revisit. Um, but I mean, Kyle that. Hamilton. Let's I mean, let's revisit that next week, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's let's have that conversation again next week. Did he close the case? Eh, 
He made the most declarative statement that anyone could, and in part, Brock Purdy closed the case. Well, maybe again, maybe you know this yeah. the other guy, this is Kyle that, Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton case, to me is number one. I like, mean, the play where it's he's not he he's on, on the, ground. the ground. It's it's comical. Like when you watch. We we watched it again during game day last night. I'm like, what is this? He's completely out of the. He is a non-factor in the play. When you first saw it, you were like, wait, same guy. Every time you watch it, this wasn't two plays before. This was that play. Like yeah, him. Was like he's the one <laughs> on the ground, out of the play entirely, and then he's the one that makes the intercept. He gets he gets chop locked, then laid on top of laid on top of. And I mean, utterly and completely it's, out it's of the It's like play. it's Ed Reed stuff. I mean, it is like it is so next level, man. It is just so next level. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, number one, number one to me, and just you know, it's funny. I haven't looked at like defensive player of the year odds anywhere Mar- on the on the IG live. Marlon was calling him. He said, "I it's, heard." It's but. it's so funny because I f- I feel like that's become just an edge rusher award. Like the same way that MVP has just been a quarterback award. I feel like. It's just you know who's the guy that has the most sacks? Who's the maybe maybe somebody to point out? I haven't I don't pay a lot of attention. I don't know. I mean like I mean there's obviously a ton of traction for Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett early. Well, and in his the if you know Micah Parsons' edge rush win rate is like ten percent higher than anybody else in the league. So I'm not. Th- this isn't really about who's most deserving of Defensive Player of the Year because. Um, I guess it's not just an edge rush award because Aaron Donald's technically not an edge rusher, but like we know that part of Aaron Donald's story is he also rushes. So the last time a defensive back won, uh, well, uh, what Stephon Gilmore won oh, it? Stephon, I forgot yeah. that Stephon Gilmore won it. So he's the only one in the last decade. And does he have a stronger case? I mean, Deron Bland, I guess, just because he had a that that run. Yeah, of- it was pretty crazy. But I also feel like people have noticed that when he's not. <laughs> Getting a pick six, he's he's kind of getting uh, kind of vulnerable. Kind of Marcus Peters, and yeah, like, <laughs> it's it's a very weird bit with Deron Bland. We're like, yes, he's having a very good season, but also, is he having a very good season? Um, so it was Bo's, Nick Bosa last year, T.J. Watt the year before, Aaron Donald, then the Stephon Gilmore, Aaron Donald the two years prior to that, uh, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt three of the previous four years with Luke Keekley mixed in, Terrell Suggs in eleven. Then you have to go back to two thousand ten. Uh, when Troy Polamalu won, it was Woods, Charles Woodson the year before that, so you had back-to-back um, in three out of four because Bob Sanders in 2007. So for the stretch 2007 to 2010, three out of four were won by defensive backs. But since then, just one defensive back has won defensive player of the year. I'm not trying to tell you that Kyle Hamilton is defensive player of the year. It's just weird that like, it's never come up. And it goes back to what we've talked about, which is it's been difficult to define Kyle Hamilton's stardom. We've used the past the, the statistic about TFLs and past defenses, but it's not like either one of those is really is so yeah. overwhelming. It's not like we're talking about somebody with fifty TFLs or somebody with you know thirty-seven. Pa- like it's it's just I don't know that we know enough about the numbers to know. It's not like when you bring up somebody who's in the thirty-thirty club, for example, in baseball, and you're like, wow, we know he's having a special season because he's gone thirty-thirty. Even though thirty home runs alone is not overwhelming, or thirty stolen bases alone isn't overwhelming. But like when you do both, we're like, wow, you know, like that's the Cedric Mullins seasons from a few years years ago. We're like, dude, that's special. Like that's people don't just do that. Um, we're, it's difficult for us to define Kyle Hamilton's greatness, but Jesus, man, like he was having a good season. That's even the crazier part to me. Kyle Hamilton was having a very good season, 
and then suddenly in the last couple of weeks has like turned it up to 75. He's gone from eight to a billion over the last month. It's crazy how good Kyle Hamilton has been. So, yeah, I went Kyle Hamilton number one. If he went Lamar number one, I'll beat up Griffin about something else. There's, In fact, the only real issue I have with the list was Marlon Humphrey not being on it in favor of um, Brent Urban. Love Brent. Love him. Love him. Had a Great good game. guy. Had a very good game. Just, you know. You see Marlon Humphrey. The crowded defense. He had one of the, Thank you. One of the great games. Uh, in, my, in my write-up, it says Marlon Humphrey set the edge both literally and figuratively. And I feel that we saw the play where he set the edge on the outside. And he, to me, provided If, if he edge. had tackled Debo, he no doubt okay, would have been on my that list. That was the difference. Yeah, it was. It was. It's a heck of a lick, too. <laughs> Got a heck of a lick. <laughs> Just didn't get him on the Debo. Sam was a different cat. It was. Man. The IG Live is great. Because yeah, everyone was like, how, they were like, how was, uh, yeah. how was, uh, how was that How was that bouncing go. off that? That's great. All right, that's Pat's on the ass. We'll get him up at glennclarkradio.com a little bit later on. We'll come back in and get you ready for, um, oh, we are going to get you ready for Waiver Wire Wednesday, Joe Serpico. This is that weird, we're doing a Monday slash Tuesday version of the show. Joe Serpico, for the final time in fantasy football season, will join us. Did you prepare the montage of, uh, um, of all Joe Serpico's finest moments with Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background? I will remember <laughs> you. Remember when he told you to pick up yeah. Puka, you know. <laughs> we'll, do it. we'll do that next. Uh, it's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, January 2nd at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. 
Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR on a Tuesday edition of the program as we've got a little bit more to do today, and we will be with you, as I said, throughout the course of this week, then off on Monday, normal week after that, and then I'm taking a week of vacation. Just a weird way that it all works out, but hey, you know what? Deal with it. It's my show. We're about to be joined by uh, Joe Serpico to dish out some waiver wire Wednesday advice. Joe Serpico is always brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Before you call him, Griffin, can you tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland? Yes, over. And we're at running out of time. Yeah, we are really running out of time now. Coming down to the final, I guess, like two weeks now. Uh, if luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, well, you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January fourth. So only about only about a week and a half left. Uh, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum, and then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday only at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Adirondale Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. I will have power rankings up later today at PressBoxOnline.com. It's going to be a little bit later than usual because, you know, we had a game last night and Project Game Day and the holidays and the whole kit and caboodle. But I'm going to get power rankings up. And, yes, the Baltimore Ravens will be number one in my power rankings. But, as I said last week, that doesn't you don't you don't hang banners for that. You don't get the a t-shirt for being number 1 in the power rankings after 16 weeks. Still work to be done in order to get the t-shirts, the parades, the banners, all of that stuff. We have reached championship week when it comes to fantasy football. I play in 3 leagues and I'll be playing for titles in 2 of those leagues, including in the press box league, where I don't even remember what we ultimately because we did decide to do money in the press box league so that like we would yeah. actually try, but I don't even remember how much it was or if we decided it was winner takes all. I don't even know what's at stake. It was really to me this week about pride. And this week, 
you know, it, it, Griffin, I, I do want to make sure I take a second because for religious people, this is a very important week. For certain people that celebrate, right, like this was a very important week as they recognize the, uh, the, the birth of their Lord and Savior. Just it's weird because there's some controversy about that. Like, was our Lord and Savior really born on December 25th? I actually am of the belief that he was not born on December 25th, but instead was born on November 16th, 1995. Because on that day, in the town of Orange, California, our Lord and Savior, Jason Sanders, was born to us. And for those of us who celebrate, it truly was miraculous. Oh, yes! Joining us now, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, our friend, Mr. Joe Serpico. Hey, Joe. How's that Jason Sanders boot up your ass feeling this morning, pal? Uh, so, so I was going to bring it up, but you brought it up for me. So I've always been one of those that's not a big fan of kickers. Oh, yeah, that's a real shame. Seeing how has my kicker put up negative one oh, points in two oh. weeks straight, oh, I am not too thrilled you're about that right uh, now. You're saying that 26-point difference between my kicker and your kicker might have made a difference in who's advancing to the championship? Well, it's, you won by 15, so huh? yes, I would say that did the difference. Well, how, that did the difference how about there. that? That's just You know what that is, Joe? That's just a real shame, pal. That's just a real shame for you. Jason effing Sanders. Suck it! Good, when he lined up, I, I was jumping off. I was watching the game with my son, and he lined up for like a 50, what was a 57-yarder early in the game, and I was like, that's kind of crazy. I had forgotten that I had Jason Sanders on my fantasy team. So I get an alert from Sleeper that Jason Sanders had just kicked a whatever gigantic field goal after I'd seen it, and like, Two minutes after the field goal occurred, I yelled, <laughs> like, in the room. My son's looking at me like, what is wrong with you, you idiot? I said, boy, I had no idea that Jason Sanders was the kicker on my fantasy team, and I am now very excited. It was actually more awkward than that because I was also playing against Jason Sanders in my other league, so it became very uncomfortable for a little bit, but ultimately worked out quite well for me. What do you have to say for yourself for your shameful performance, Joe Serpico? Get rid of kickers. That's what we're going to say. Get rid of kickers. You know, I, I, would bl- uh, I would blame the general least, manager. At least here's what I could I would I say. say per, the, the general manager selected the kicker. I, I feel like you're trying to absolve yourself of blame. It was not my choice that you decided to play Brandon McManus as your kicker. I just may be a little bit better at choosing kickers than you are. That's what I get for being loyal to a Temple alum like myself, like Brandon McManus. Mm, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's your loyalty that's the problem. I see now. Well, uh, in the press box league, it will now be a titanic matchup between myself and Ken Zalis, who shocked the number one overall seed, Paul and Ovi Lando, in the semifinals to advance to the finals. So Ken Zalis and I matching up in the championship in the press box league. Now, Joe Serpico, there's the small issue, which is that you and I never agreed to a final side bet for this week. Griffin still has still hasn't paid off, by the way. He swears he's gonna do it tomorrow. We'll see. He has to consume an entire pan of tone during the course of the show. 
Better better get him. Although, was this really your brilliant strategy of trying to get a 50% off on your Panatone because you assume all the prices are going to be marked down today? I mean, can you blame me? All right. You know what? I'm actually going to give you credit for that. that. I will give you a bit credit for that. Um, You and I never agreed to terms. But in our picks league this week, we also had a side bet going on that I feel like actually speaks a little bit closer to you because, as you mentioned, your Italian heritage... I also happen to know your family is involved in the Italian food business, correct? Correct. Yes, they are. They so, got a little spot in uh, Spark. Let's yeah, put it that way. I've, I've been there a few <laughs> times. Um, I, would, I would say that you probably would find it to be an affront to Italian culture to learn that my friend, Tyus Bowser, when he prepares a plate of spaghetti, he then covers it with ranch dressing on top. I would assume that that is quite offensive to you as an Italian. I will have to 100% agree with that. It's almost as bad as ranch on pizza. So I would also assume that um, that makes it a pretty good side bet and that you two are going to choose to be in as you have to pay some sort of penalty. You're also going to be willing to consume a plate of ranch on spaghetti, correct? Not by choice, but I will do it because I'm a man of my word. You are a man of your word. So here's the deal, right? Like, if you can come in and do it in studio, we'd love to have you do that. In fact, I was thinking about this next week because this is our final week of of Waiver Wire Wednesday, right? So if you'd like to wrap the season next week with a special in-studio appearance with your plate of spaghetti, we'd love that. If you can't, we understand, and we will accept you doing this and videoing it on your own time. But I will have Griffin work with you about this and when it might be possible. It would be our preference for you to join us in studio to, to participate and to pay off your penance, all right? I'm, I would much rather that as well, to be really honest with you, so you can right. see my face of disgust. All right. I think that would make it much better. We would get a lot more out of that. All right, Griffin will work with you on that, and I appreciate you uh, stepping up to the plate uh, uh, literally and figuratively. Well, well done, sir. All right, let's get into Waiver Wire Wednesday for the final time this season. One last chance for everybody to find some help. Uh, are we going back to George Pickens after all of us that had him at the beginning of the year absolutely gave up on him at some point during the course of the season? Uh, it's, uh, it's funny you say that because uh, we were having this argument in a, a group chat. With my, he, him and Gabe Davis seem to be like that same kind of player where they're on one game, they're off the next game, they're just, just – so unreliable, but then this is what you get. You get those extremely, uh, those boom games, but you get those absolute busts as well. Uh, if Pickens is available, and let's say you were somebody that lost, uh, like Jordan Addison went out this past weekend, uh, yeah, absolutely go grab him. Now, I would assume he's not out there available uh, at this stage of the game, but if he is, absolutely get him on your team. As far as starting him, um Again, my only concern is just because of how he's been as of late is just so boom or bust. But it also seems like uh, between the two receivers, uh, him and uh, Deontay Johnson, he has kind of been the preferred one as of late. So the Zamir White thing, after we saw what we saw yesterday, if Josh Jacobs were to not play again next week, and I, I got to think that he's back. Like, I have to think the fact that he was this close this week and then didn't play and technically the games are, I, I guess, still meaningful to them. 
that he probably plays next week. Were they have they been officially eliminated, or are they still clinging to some sort of like outside? I believe they do have some hope because they're what seven and eight. Yeah, but yeah. it's the AFC. It's not like the NFC where everybody's in it. Well, they can win. The, they could. Oh, they can still win the division. division. That's right. Yeah. They can still. So the game still matters. So I think Josh Jacobs probably plays, but if he doesn't, I assume that Zamir White proved yesterday, like he's must play if Josh Jacobs were for some reason be out again. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, he was he was my priority out, I believe it was two weeks ago when it first happened at Jacobs. It was one of those, at least for the first week, well, let's wait and see because Jacobs, like you said, Jacobs was kind of a game-time decision. But the past two weeks, Mayor White has looked like somebody, a flex-worthy play. I'm not saying to uh, let's start him over uh, your RB2, but if you're in the need for somebody at the flex spot, he's absolutely a guy uh, I can put in that spot there. I'd be surprised if he's available considering – you know, we are in crunch time, and I've always been a proponent. This is when you stack as many running backs as possible, not only for yourself, but to uh, play what I call fantasy defense. But if Zemir White is out there, scoop him up. And like I said, he's actually got a decent matchup this week, too. So I'm all in on that uh, if, if he's available. Because the Col- or excuse me, the Raiders are actually playing a lot better than I, I think a lot of us thought just a couple weeks ago. Shout out to uh, Antonio Pierce getting that team yeah, in order. No doubt, no doubt. Um, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire thing, uh, we don't know where exactly Isaiah Pacheco is, but I presume if Pacheco, I presume if you're a Pacheco owner, you better be scrambling. You should have had Edwards-Hilaire already, but if you don't, you better be scrambling to see if he's available. Are you playing him if Pacheco is out this week? Yeah, so if there was going to be a waiver wire piece this week, the only person I was going to put on there was going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that's only because of the injury to uh, Pacheco. With McKinney going on IR, and we've seen a lot this year that uh, a lot of players haven't played the week after they've uh, got a concussion. So we're looking at a case where it could be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire exclusively. Uh, and Again, like we've talked about all season long, you never think about these third running backs becoming fantasy relevant here, but Edwards Hilaire is, again, a guy I could definitely start as a flex this week. Uh, kind of like the matchup. You know, the Bengals are pretty good against the pass, but not. You know, they're kind of mediocre when it comes to the ground game. Uh, something's off with the Chiefs' passing game as well. I think it might be just that the receivers there are just not good, to say the least. But get your get your hands on the running game if you can, because like I said, he's he's the only guy left there. Other than uh, I believe maybe they'll have the uh, Gore as the second guy, but I think that's going to be uh, all his work at least for this week. All right, now I need you to uh, anything else waiver wire related, because then you're just going to help me at this point. Anything else? I mean, I don't think there's like any Cedric Wilson value with Waddle sideline, right? No, not as the only you know if you lost your tight end, it's like if you were like a Chigakonk or excuse me, if you were a a TJ Hawkinson owner, you lost him. The only name I was going to bring up is maybe Chigakonkwo. I, I like the, his matchup this week as well. Uh, so that's really it. But like I said, as far as, as a waiver wire piece this week, all I really had for you was Edward Solaire because, you know, let's face it, if you're, you're not picking up guys this week for a championship game. If you're in a championship game, you know, you should have a pretty strong team and you shouldn't really have to be focused on many of these guys. Right, he's Joe right. Serpico. Oh, I get my advice, then oh, okay. you can get yours. You settle down over well, there. Keep it, in your, keep it in your – oh, fine. It was fine. defenses, defenses. So the oh, Rams' yes. defense is available. They're playing the Giants this week. And so I have the Eagles and the Dolphins' defenses, and, I, like, you would go with the Rams for that matchup, right, Joe? Yes, I do like that one. I would have liked it a little bit more if DeVito was still an option. Yeah, yeah Tyrod Taylor, I like I like that. You know, that, that veteran presence. But at the same time, what we've seen from the Giants this year has been brutal. It doesn't matter who's been at quarterback. 
Uh, so yeah, the Rams. Rams are a team that I talked about a couple of weeks ago as somebody I I was trying to play. You know, throughout your uh, fantasy playoffs. So yeah, absolutely. If the Rams are available, uh, as out of the three that you mentioned, I'd probably put the Rams first, then the Eagles, and I think you said the Dolphins, the Dolphins after that. Yeah. Um, Baltimore, based yeah. on what we've seen from this Ravens offense, I'm not playing the Dolphins. Now, that in mind, uh, I actually was between the Broncos' defense against the Chargers and try or trying to pick up the Rams' defense. The Chargers, I, that's a good one, because the Chargers have been so hit or miss the past couple of weeks. They were really bad one week, and they were okay the I, next. I believe the Raiders uh, scored a, a billion defensive points against the Chargers two weeks ago. Yes, also as well, but you, know, you can't ex- really expect a repeat performance of that. Um, I, and on I the whole, the Broncos, the Broncos defense. Just because I okay. like, okay. I like the Broncos just because of who you know they're going against Easton Stick. Like I mentioned before, would I rather have? Would I rather go play a defense going against Easton Stick or Tyrod Taylor? I would much rather go against the one that's playing Easton Stick. All right, all right, I'm with it. Um, my quarterback situation. Again, it depends on if these two guys play. So right now, I'd be playing Matt Stafford against the Giants, but I'm also holding both Trevor Lawrence who gets the Panthers if he returns this week, and C.J. Stroud, who would face the Titans if he returns this week. So th- the first measure of it is, are either of those guys back this week? But if, let's just say, all of them were to be playing, which of the three would you play? Is this a two-quarterback league or just one? One. For me, it's Stroud. I mean, okay. the way he was playing. I think this is the week he finds. Actually, I was a little bit surprised he didn't come back this week because like I said before, the concussion thing is, for the most part, has been a one-week thing. We've seen a few cases where it's been two, and that seems to be the case here with uh, with Stroud. But for, I mean, based on what we've seen all season long, Stroud's got to be the guy. And then the Texans got something to really play for this weekend. They're playing the Titans division game. They're still fighting it out uh, to try to win that division. Uh, Lawrence, that injury kind of scares me a little bit. And as for as bad as the Panthers have been this year. Uh, their defense, I don't think, gets enough credit. Uh, their defense is actually not that bad, especially with their pass defense. Um, I, I would put Lawrence probably at the bottom of the three, to be honest. I would say Stroud, then Stafford, then Lawrence, just because the matchup and then this injury to Lawrence. I think of the of the two they, that are injured, I think Lawrence has the least likelihood of playing this week. I um, I agree with that. I am struggling just because Matt Stafford's playing so well recently, right? Like, there's some part of me that's sort of like, don't me- don't mess with it. Just just ride it out. He's playing really well. It's a pretty good matchup against the Giants. Like, don't rock the boat here. But I hear you that Stroud has the chance to be explosive. Stafford or Kyler? Kyler plays the Eagles this week. That's a good one. I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, but boy, is that defense terrible. Um. That's a good one. I'm not saying Kyler. At some point, I think the Eagles' defense will has to show what they were last year. It's all the same players. I just don't understand how they're just bad. These are like their get-right games. These next couple of weeks, they got the Cardinals and then the, uh, and the Giants again uh, next week. So, no bench. Bench Kyler Murray in that spot. That's probably what I'm doing. All right. Um, th- again, we're going over everything here. This is the way it's going to go because I'm nervous. Uh, I'm in. I'm back to tight end hell. I'm stuck with either Darren Waller or Dalton Kincaid. I assume, despite yesterday, I still stick it out with Waller for the championship. Yeah, just because, like we kind of said last week, Waller is their de facto number one on that offense. Uh, the Bills, they've got you know a plethora of options. It doesn't seem to be the case with the Giants. The Giants are Waller's their best player, without a doubt. We knew that going into the season. Um, so yeah, I, it's 
going to be the same moving forward. I'm definitely not worried about like a Darius Slayton who had that long touchdown yesterday, or anything like that. And the truth uh, is, they, he, those two, he probably should have had a couple of touchdowns yesterday. Like you know, if they just had a competent quarterback, he probably still. And that's so maybe the move to Tyrod Taylor gives him a shot, right? Exactly. That's what I like about that. And like I kind of said about Kincaid, with Dawson Knox coming back, you know, he's cutting into that time. I'd much rather have, you know, Waller, who is without a doubt not only the number one tight end, but the number one receiver on his team, as opposed to Kincaid, who's splitting time at tight end. And then, you know, you still have your digs and Gabe Davis and even James Cook out of the backfield. There's no chance you're picking up uh, or you're playing Christian Watson over DJ Moore, is there? If Watson returns this week. Uh, DJ Moore. I mean, I love what we've seen from DJ Moore this year. Not uh, this week. I was well, just saying, not it, so yeah. much this week, but he, because uh, that was more of a, he got banged up. I believe it was in the first quarter, and then kind of didn't get out of it. Actually, I was surprised he even got back on the field because he was in uh, had his ankle wrapped at one point. Um, but Christian Watson, again, one of those guys that's been like so boomer bust for you. He kind of he kind of scares me a little bit, and I, I like I've always said I'd much rather ride you know, the guys who've gotten me here as opposed to you know, Christian Watson. Yeah, it would be a solid play because the, the Packers receiving core is pretty banged up. But like I said, just go with the guys that got you to this stage. All right, I'm, All in, right. I'm in a kind of a similar spot because I somehow survived starting Deontay Johnson last week. Do I start De- Deontay Johnson or Calvin? Or not? I'm starting Calvin Ridley or uh, Christian Watson or Deontay Johnson. Christian Watson or Deontay Johnson. Give me Christian Watson. Okay. Because of what I just said, with the uh, Packers uh, receiving room being so banged up, I don't believe there's going to be Jaden Reed this week. Uh, Romeo Dobbs somehow might be the only one if if Watson does play this week. Uh, But if if Watson is back, yeah, absolutely. I think they are actually really like uh, their matchup this week against the Vikings because they're – Still in a wild card run. Uh, still got something to play for, as opposed to the Vikings are, you know, basically just kind of winding down their season. So I do like the Packers this week as well. All right, very good. At Joe Serp on Twitter, pressboxonline.com is where you see his stuff, and you'll see him here in this studio very soon, consuming his Tyus Bowser spaghetti. Uh, Joe Serpico, have truly appreciate you all season. We'll be checking in obviously as we get closer to the draft too, and and talking to you about all that sort of stuff, but. Thank you all season long for joining us for Waiver Wire Wednesday. We really appreciate it. Uh, Happy New Year, bud. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely, guys. Call me anytime. I'm going to miss you guys for the next couple months. Appreciate it, buddy. That's uh, Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football Analyst. Thanks for uh, him all season long taking care of us and getting us ready for Waiver Wire Wednesday. And uh, Griffin will work out the details with him as both he and Tim Barbalace We'll be paying off penalties, and we'll be consuming this uh, ranch on spaghetti that Tyus Bowser likes so bad. Joe's been brought to you all season long by our friends at Live Casino and Hotel. All right, winding down for a Tuesday edition. We're going to get out of here on time today. It's going to be the a first. It's going to be a, a, a day, to, day after Christmas miracle. Boxing Day miracle, they call. You know, it's kind of weird that they've never, like the sport of boxing has never thought to try to take advantage of Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Why do like, there's no football on. There's no – I think college basketball, there's no games still there's until tomorrow. Zero. There's, only, there's only, like, one, two tomorrow. Two, two tomorrow, yeah. yeah. One of Morgan. them is Morgan, yeah. yeah Morgan, correct. Virginia. Right. Um, you would think that at some point boxing – I know that, like, it's a big thing. Soccer is the big deal today. Yes. Like, the Premier League does a lot on Boxing Day. But you would have thought that, like, boxing, maybe at some point somebody involved would have said, hey, our sport's kind of dying. Like, there's a natural tie-in. Maybe we try to take advantage of it somehow. Big boxing. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a – 
It's not been that the case. That would be cool. Not been the case. Instead, it is a bowl day, of course. There are a few bowl games. We'll get to that in one second when we do tubular. Tidbit is brought to you by well, it's brought to you by Superbook. And if you want to bet on any of these bowl games, have we uh, checked to see where we're at? In the uh, I'm doing awful. Okay. All right. Do you want to so, do you want to check for everybody else? Maybe no, real quick. I don't think why it really you, matters what anybody else is doing. Since why don't I'm, you pull it up so that we have an answer on that? Uh, you can bet all these bowl games, of course, with Superbook. And when you up sign a up, bit. chill. Let me do the let me do the read. Then you can do that. When you sign up, use the code Glenn Clark twenty three, and you'll receive up to two hundred fifty dollars in a same day first bet match, win or lose. Again, Superbook.com. Use the Superbook app and that code Glenn Clark G L E N N C L A R K Glenn Clark twenty three. You got it? Uh, yes. Good old. Uh, wow, we have a five way tie right now for first. Oh, a couple of people twelve and six. Okay. Uh, Ben Hall. Ben Hall from 1057 yeah, from The Fan. Uh, he's a he's a bit of a, a gambler. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, uh, Mama Doc. That's Pam. Oh, Pam Corvin. Pam wow, Corvin, that's yes. the the Pam is the mom of former Stevenson and Salisbury lacrosse player Wade Corvin, oh. who has, has stayed in touch over the years. And Pam is a friend. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Jeff Clark, my cousin Jeff. Stop it. PSU he doesn't know dad, anything yeah. about football. He knows nothing. He's he loves Penn State. He loves and the Ravens <laughs> and uh, John and Little Rock. Um, very. Ooh, look at John yes, and Little Rock. Yeah. Look at John. And Jeff, uh, Jeff actually came out and supported big time. Supported our uh, event with Michael Pierce last week. So I am happy for him. And uh, Richard Warfell or Fell. I know who that is, but I don't know who that is. Rich I, like, Warfell. I, I know. Warfell. I know who that is because they got in and yeah. like. But I don't. I don't really know who that is. Um. Let's see. KZ is. Uh, he's. Side for like, well, he's only got he's two games back. Uh, what about myself? PFF Sean's two games. PFF Sean actually is in second, tied for second. Oh, okay, which PFF Sean? PFF uh, PFF Sean Sean. <laughs> PFF Sean, not PFF Shuan. Okay, I don't, I don't have it in me. Um, Where am I? You are. Uh, you have ten wins, so you're two games back. Okay. All right, I'll take that. I'm at eight and ten, so that would make Ooh, me four games. Four back. games. Back. Still a lot yeah, to be yeah. played. Still tied a for, lot. Tied for twenty. Lot to be determined. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, wow, you don't have to go two games to get all the way to 28. It sounds yeah. like nobody's doing all that bad. Uh, yeah, it looks Here's like it's, everyone's about like 12 and 6 to 8 and 10, okay. just about right now. All right. All yeah. right. Very good. Now, what do you have for tidbits? Unless you're Jennifer Stetka. Or is that is that Andrew Stetka using? Uh, I would assume. Okay, he's 6 and 12. <laughs> I do appreciate some normalcy. He's winning our league, <laughs> losing the bowl pick him. Or maybe Jen just made the picks. I don't yeah. know. Perhaps she she got in as well. I don't remember. Uh, Brock Brock Purdy. He yes. threw four interceptions in a game last night. Of course, against it's, the Ravens. Not great. It's not great. Uh, he entered the game as the NFL's passing leader or passing. Sorry, passer passer rating leader. It is the fifth time that a quarterback has. Uh, he's the fourth quarterback to do this. The fifth time it has happened that the quarterback with the, the NFL's passer lead, passing rater leader, passer rating leader. Okay. Has uh, thrown four interceptions. Fifth time, you said? Yes, yeah, the fifth time it's happened. I mean, you're not really going to ask me to name the other ones, are no, you? No, but it is. It, dude, there's some notable names on this. It's kind Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Peyton Manning. Not Peyton. Dan Marino. Not Dan. Patrick Mahomes. Not Mahomes. Brett Favre. Not Brett. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. Oh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner twice on this list. Really? <laughs> yes. In 2000 and 2001, he came back with four interception games. Like friend of the program, who that? Oh, right. I always and then, forget that. And then in 1991, John Elway, the late, the late, 
1991, the late. The for late. the uh, Buffalo Bills. Jim Kelly wasn't the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills in '91. He was Jim. It was Jim, Jim Kelly. Kelley's not dead. He's not dead. Wonder oh who? God, Griffin. why am I thinking of? Who am oh, I thinking of? God, I don't know. Jim was he? Kelly's he was. Uh, he was sick, wasn't he? Yeah. He. I mean, he's been through a lot, but he's definitely not dead. Okay, so not Jim Kelly is not Jesus. the not the answer here. Oh. But Jim Kelly. Is, I'm sorry, Jim Kelly's on the list, but that was the wrong hint. Oh God. That's some Drew Forrester level. Sorry, sorry, sorry. God. Tom Brady, Kurt It's so much worse because he's actually been through so much. That, yeah. Like, you killed him off because of it, where it's heroic. Sorry, he's been Jim, through. I'm sorry. My apologies. That was dark. Do I, do, do I try to rebound? Or? I, don't, I don't know, man. I think we might just, there just been... call it quits. Didn't make it to 12. Sorry, came close. There have been two players now in NFL history with uh, 200 receiving yard games for three different teams. One of them happened this weekend. Yeah, Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper and? Terrell Owens? Terrell Owens. Well done. Well done. Well, I know that one. It's, it's more logical. you got to think of receivers who are still in their prime playing for multiple different teams. and There weren't many of them, but Terrell Owens was still in his prime in all of Philly, San Francisco, and yeah. Dallas. So, Who knows? Maybe it could have been four teams. Yeah, I guess it's possible. He still actually had a little bit to offer in Cincinnati. Like, not not much. And then I was trying to think about, it, like, could it have been Randy Moss? Like, with one of the teams that he hung on with at the end, but he was pretty much done. Yeah. At, like, he was obviously in his prime in Minnesota, New England, but that was over after that. T.O. and A.C. Very good. Let's get uh, Tubular. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The Quick Lane Bowl, the most magical bowl game of the year. Minnesota, 5-7. and seven, Man. Playing. the de- That means they had to spend Christmas in Detroit. A bad football team, then forced to play, spend their Christmas in Detroit. This is this is always the bowl that we that we threaten Maryland will get. Yes, yeah. correct. This is the worst of all of them. Like you don't get a good location. It's not relevant. I don't know why this game exists, but you can watch it so for betting have purposes on December today 26th at two, that, two, o'clock. two o'clock. Yeah, and I believe I read a story. You can double check to see if it's true or not. That they had to pay, like get another thirty thousand dollars in nil money in order to get their backup quarterback. I, I did see that. Is that a legit straight I, shoot I, story? I've heard it elsewhere, so it must be. To, it, it's not even their starting quarterback. Their backup quarterback to get him to play in the bowl game, so they would have a quarterback. And I believe I saw there was another team in bowl season that had to line up like a tight end as their quarterback in order to get. Uh, okay, him to he so the goal, Minnesota Gophers Cole Kramer squashes rumor. Okay, that he was it's paid. Untrue. Yes, this All was right. a couple of days ago he All squashed right. the rumor. I liked that it better when it was true. <laughs> By the way, this is bonkers. So if you didn't hear, Mike Loxley confirmed that there is a chance that. Talia Tungavailoa is going to attempt to get another year of eligibility, not oh, oh, at okay. Maryland. Oh. Just make, let's, just let him, let's just make a play on. Apparently, to go play at Miami, which was rumored mm. in this this uh, column that Greg uh, Co- is a coach or Coty, the guy from the Levitard show. I can't even. He wrote about this like two weeks ago, and everybody was like, "Dude, that's ins- he's used up all of his eligibility. He's uh, just going to petition the NCAA." Apparently. Despite the fact that he played in like four games one year and five games another year, that he should still get another year of eligibility. And the NCAA is like just given up so much at this point that nobody, 
like we're acting like it's a legitimate possibility that, that he could win his petition and just be granted another year of playing college football. But the idea being that like the NIL yeah. money uh, for him being in Miami where Tua is would be extraordinary. Um, the Maryland's moving on, and as I said, it, it, it's difficult talking about Leah because like he was obviously better than anything Maryland had had, but when we say that the reasons they didn't, like it wasn't like he was flawless. Yes, if he's going to be playing college football, you'd probably rather have him at Maryland than somewhere else, but it's also bizarro that they're that the idea that he's going to be allowed to play for another year is kind of badass crazy to me, man. I, I I don't think the NCAA should exist, but at some point, like, go get a job, dude. Like, you have played plenty of college football. You have not been cheated in the process whatsoever. Get a job. It's just time to move on. Be on with it. Anyway, uh, quick lane bowl today at 2 o'clock. Bowling Green in Minnesota. First responder bowl, Texas State and Rice at 5.30. Guaranteed rate bowl, Kansas UNLV at 9 o'clock. Those two teams are both good stories this year. I know it's not, like, I know that game doesn't, like, jump off the page in any way. But, you know, we remember Kansas was very exciting at the beginning of the year. And UNLV was one of the best stories in all college football. Should be a good over game. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Griffin says bet the over. And your streak with overs, or streak with betting uh, the total, has been so good of late that why would anybody not listen to you? We know the over hit last night, though, right? Um, I would assume, yeah, because it was, what was it, low 40s? I probably. think it was. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, it seems like that trend is officially dead. Monumental for Magic Wizards, 7 o'clock. Yeah, throw out all the records. Just throw out everything about it. <laughs> NBA TV, Pacers, Rockets at 8. Uh, how'd the Suns play, do last night? Um, I don't know. You tell they me. They were down double digits when I gave up on it. I don't know. They probably lost. I gave up. I don't. I'm good old, the good old uh, Kevin, Durant, Kevin Durant wants out already. It's a it's a complete cluster F. Bradley Beal played two games all season. It's just an utter cluster F. <laughs> Suns bad. This is what it is to they be did a lose. They only lost by 14. Oh, they got that going for them. They stink. They're under 500 now for the year. Hornets Clippers, 1030 on NBA TV. As I mentioned, it's Boxing Day, so there's been soccer all morning. It continues. Burnley and Liverpool, 1230. And Man U, Aston Villa at 3 on the USA Network. And WWE NXT tonight at 8 o'clock on USA as well. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, not a whole lot. Like, nothing too much on, like, network TV. But Fargo, a new episode of that, mm. of course. Hard Knocks with the Dolphins. Uh, I guess maybe... Well, I guess we won't be seeing any Raven stuff this week. I've got bad news for you. John Proctor agrees with you and Brent, put Brent Urban on your list. So now you know it's wrong. Thanks, John. Now you know it's wrong. No, he's in my corner. Yeah, that's not the person you want. Yes. Uh, there's the 12th and final season of Letter Kenny out on the Ah, I don't know when I'm going to have the time, but final I look forward season. to it. I, it's, it's very sad. Are they doing more seasons of Shorzy, though? Um, excellent question. All right. Maybe too early to call that. I don't know. Okay, you, have no, you just don't know is what you're trying to say. You well, have no I mean, idea. I know it just came out. You can so. just say, I have no idea. It's okay. Next oh, season. Uh, on Peacock, there's this thing that I don't think is going to be any good but it's it's 2023 back that year up with Kevin Hart and Keenan Thompson on Peacock special there was one that, that <laughs> Netflix did every year that was actually pretty funny and good I believe it was called uh, Death 2 the other year yeah okay. and they did it like the first one might have been the pandemic year mm. and it was like Death to 2020 then, then they kept doing it afterwards and I thought it was good so if they do that again that's actually funny it reminds me of um, VH1's old show Best Week Ever which I enjoyed, like had a lot, you know, Patrice was part of that, and a lot of great comedians were part of it. I, Kevin Hart, I liked Kevin Hart. I was always, I'm just out. Like, he's not really trying to tell jokes anymore. He's just, 
Like the the comedy is just supposed to be I'm Kevin Hart. Like ah, ah, the manic. That's all that's all it is. He's that level of famous that like he doesn't have to try anymore. And so I just I'm kinda checked out on Kevin Hart. Sorry. Keenan Thompson will be there. I do like Keenan. I like Keenan, but I I, I nothing about that. That doesn't read if it's just them like playing be like, remember when this happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm and I'm out. Kevin Hart. I'm out. Like, you need the panel of comedians to like and and good writing that they did on that death. That was what it was called, right? Netflix. Death. That sounds like death to. Yeah, they did it for 2020. They did it for 2021 for sure. Did they do it last year? They didn't do it last year, so maybe maybe uh, they're not doing it at all. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we can so. just go back and rewatch uh, Death of 2020. Uh, I would. It was really good. It was really good. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, that's those. That is it. Those are your highlights. It's gonna be the, one of those kind of weeks. Just not yeah, I think so. Not a lot I think going so. on for the holidays. I try to. So the holiday special season is over. It's just. So I, I when do we get to, the shows back? Does that start soon? Like, um, yeah, because, because they were like, able to start yeah. filming, and they kind of they've rushed a lot of production. It seems like they? there's gonna be a lot of stuff. Like probably like the week, yeah, like the first week okay. of the new year. Um. Yeah, uh, look forward to that. Because I try to go to a Wizards game for some reason, like this week. What? Be, well, because because like Do it's, you it's NBA. Yourself? It's the NBA. It's the NBA. Who are they Where playing else? though? Are they playing a real team? Well, the, like that's just the way it works. Because we were always in winter break. My friends were around, and and oh, uh, you're saying in your pa- in the past. Yes, I thought you meant this. And week. we're not I'm sure. Like, what's wrong? We're with not you? sure if we'll be able to do this. Week. Wait, you're still trying to do it this year? Yeah. What is the? I, it's NBA basketball. When, when do it, I get to watch? Again, NBA? it depends on who they're playing. If it's NBA well, so, basketball, so we were like, I'm not sure if we'll be there this week. I was like, we were like, what about Martin Luther King Day? There might be like, you know, like some like college team or something. The Wizards are home. Martin Luther King Day against the Detroit Pistons. Oh my God! We're like we have to, we have to go. What is wrong with you? I don't get to go to any, any NBA it's games. It's not ever. free. It, it'll, it'll be. Free. I understand, but you still have to drive down there and pay for parking well, and ride the, the metro. Three o'clock, so that's like that's kind of you have to race out of here. Where you? Oh yeah, I guess we normally work because it's normally the day after a Ravens oh, game, right, so we yeah. normally don't take off yeah, on right. MLK Day because it's, there's too much important yeah. content going on. Yeah, we'll race out of here and. Go watch. Uh, this, go watch this week. You the battle for the you for, chosen, for the best odds as a number one pick. The Raptors <laughs> playing in DC this week. Fred VanVleet in town. Yeah, two the two of the worst teams in the NBA. God, brutal, brutal. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that. Yeah. Anyway, thanks today. Uh, Proctor, Proctor, I'll talk to you. Proctor still. I don't think Proctor realizes that he's off the hook for the uh, okay. spaghetti. Well, let's not tell. I kind of <laughs> don't want to. I kind of don't want to. All right. Uh, thanks today to Tim. Like I already did it. Yeah. <laughs> to Tim, to uh, Joe Serpico, who both have to do the yes. spaghetti, and also thanks to Dan Wilcox. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my God! It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. On the program tomorrow, Public Enemy Number One, Mike Florio mm. is joining the show tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. Drew's coming in, so I already wants to double down. What's that? Florio. Oh, he wants to. Oh, he already apologized, so I. Look, man, you know me. I don't do fights. That's not my thing unless Florio says something that makes me want to fight. And as I said before, I'm not the one that cares. But we'll talk about it. Like, he, he, it's been a bad 24 hours. We'll talk about it. Um, stuff and things. Uh, yeah, oh, Derek, Derek Rackley, Rackley Derek who Rackley. did the game for Westwood yes. One, is going to join us. And are we doing County Sports Zone Radio tomorrow? Yes, and County, Sports County Brown, Sports Sports yeah. Zone Radio with West Brown because we weren't able to do it today. Um, we didn't do Patrick Stevens Day. We'll do that on Thursday. Thursday. Correct. Very good. Yeah, Proctor, uh, we didn't have it on the sheet. Tim Barbalace 
finished three and six. He was worse than everybody else. We just didn't have him on the sheet. So you're off the hook. Congratulations. <laughs> it's a, a Christmas miracle for John Proctor. <laughs> now, 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 no, 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 pay what you owe. All right, that's different. That's a. We had a bit of a situation. Apparently, I hadn't in one of my fantasy leagues. I hadn't paid oh. the dues, and I was like, nobody told me. He was like, oh, I put it in the Discord thread. Like, I, dude, well, there's Glenn's so very, much uh, ass. Glenn always uses Discord. You know, I'm a big Discord guy. Yesterday, it just happened to pop up on my phone while I was sitting there in the middle of the day, so I was on Discord. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, both both Proctor and I apparently hadn't paid for fantasy, and I might win that league. So. <laughs> It's important that Proctor pays. Very <laughs> important now. Of course, I'm, now, of course, when I say that, I'm not going to win. And then I'm gonna, whatever. Well, anyway, more yeah, Actually, yeah. Pay your dues. All right, I did. I got in last night. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, as well as Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks.